Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, only in New York. Welcome to Only in New York. I'm Tracy Carnazzo. I'm Andrea Allen. And I'm Chemda. And our guest today is the creator and host of Risk, the popular storytelling show and podcast. He started his comedy career in the legendary sketch series, The State, on MTV. He taught me that in the kink community, the term water sports has nothing to do with swimming pools and more to do with a pool of urine. He's taught numerous people how to best stick things in their butts. He is one of the most loved and inspirational humans in our community. Please welcome the person who will never yuck your yum, the very funny, the very kinky, and very talented Kevin Allison. Hello! Oh my God, what a delightful intro! That should be, someone should say that wherever I go. Yeah, that's your blurb. <laughs> I love that. Hamza, you're killing the intros over here. Like, I know. She's been introducing guests, and I'm like, oh my God, this is gonna be fucking great. <laughs> I know puns using water sports. Oh like, yeah, everything. Getting well, punny over here. This is, I mean, it's full truth. This is when we have Kevin Allison on Keith and the Girl. When we go on his podcast, he is everything I just said. You know that you're going to ask him a ridiculous question, and he's going to have an even more ridiculous answer that will make you <laughs> fall in love with him even more. And so we're just going to get started with you, one of the greatest storytellers of all time. Let's talk about your New York experience. Where did you grow up before you? came here i grew up in cincinnati ohio in the in the 1970s which was legendary for hating sex that city it, it's where the maplethorpe trial happened it's where the larry flint trial happened whenever anything like hair or equus came to town the police would have to raid it and throw them out in the streets so cincinnati hated sex very roman catholic very republican town and i Ugh. grew up knowing i was gay so when I was, I think it was like 1977, I opened up Time Magazine and there was information in there about this gay scene in New York City. And I'll never forget, there was a picture of a guy wearing tight, short shorts and you could really see the outline of his butt so well. And I was like, I want to go to that city. <laughs> so when I was in high school, I was big in the musical theater and I was like, I want to go to... No. <laughs> I'm finding out a lot of crazy things right now. Also, <laughs> if, I were, if I were the least bit motivated, I would find out whose ass that was because if that was my ass i would want to know that kevin allison moved to new york city because of my tight ass yeah. oh that poor that was 1977 that poor guy is probably not with us any longer oh wow you he really lives killed on. him off pretty early he lives on oh heaven. well because because of the plague because of the plague yeah um the but plague before this plague we're talking plague about a few plague. plagues right. plague before the plague before the okay i got you i i'm hearing you <laughs> Oh but when I was in high school, I was like, okay, I have to go to a school of the arts for college since I've had to go to Catholic school, like for you know, grade school and high school. Shout and out to Catholic school. So mm. I decided on Catholic NYU. Catholic schools make the best gays. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And they make the best kinksters. Oh, my yes. God. Yeah. Oh, I can't I'm tell so you. boring. Yeah, oh. that happened to me. I oh don't know, goodness. but those Catholic um, school outfits really mm. bring out the... the oh, beauty. and the rituals. I have, like, I literally have, like, Catholic mass in, my, like, when I can have guys over. So that was two months ago. But we'll, we'll, there will be Gregorian chant, incense, gold, and myrrh, bowing, prayers, the whole bit. Kevin, I know so every single mass. I used to go to mass with my missile. I, I went to the Catholic school my entire life. Wait, what's um, a missile? So a missile is where they tell you it's it's almost like the um, the read along to the mass, right? right so right, every right. single um, Catholic year, right? So there's ordinary time, there's Lent, right. um, and then there's Advent, right? So it's what? like. This is the twenty second week in ordinary time, and so you're nowhere in ori- ordinary time Hello. right now. What the Andrea? fuck are you guys talking about? So, so you turn to the page, right, of like whatever week it is, the third week in Lent, and that is the mass. That's the mass that happens in Ohio. It's the mass mm. that happens in New York City, and uh, I know the mass in my head, except for the gospel, which changes out every right. single. That's where you. That's what you're reading through that. But I mean, I could literally perform. I'm not not a priest. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, you, I it, it would be like you're speaking a different language to me. I'm like other time mass. Oh, it's it's you know, I, I so put it all behind me. Like so, you know, like when I started to realize that kink play with Roman Catholic elements would be fun. Mm-hmm. I got stoned one night and I was like, I should Google the mass and, you know, like, look where we are. We in ordinary time. <laughs> and I started looking through it online and I was like, oh, this is way too fucking triggering. I'm just going to make it up as well as I remember it. <laughs> oh, let me honestly, let me know if you ever need help. <laughs> I, sure, come on over. <laughs> I actually want the new version of Kevin's Bible. And then you open your buttocks. <laughs> that's what it's like. Yeah. You wouldn't believe the prayers I write. They're amazing. It's kind of like take what you like and leave the rest. Like you've taken <laughs> yes. all the fun, gold and glittery and Absolutely. you know wine part of Catholicism. Exactly. The beautiful, and- the parts that uh, Oscar Wilde loved. Oscar yeah. Wilde was a big fan of Catholicism just for that stuff. Well, I wasn't raised religious in any way, but I do like church. And I know it's kind of, it's a conflicting feeling because the the architecture of churches is so beautiful mm-hmm. in a way to entice people. It's a it's a great the, the trap the, the yeah it's a trap. <laughs> but in yeah. terms of like someone who appreciates appreciates like aesthetics, I'm like bitch, look at mm-hmm. that gold. I love it. Are oh, you yeah. kidding? They have a whole outfit. I don't know where the Pope buys his outfit, but someone yeah. has to make that. They oh, they have, have they have special kinds of oh, parades. and all the great like my father was so into Michelangelo and Leonardo and Mozart and Beethoven, like all those all people the teenage contribute. mutant ninja turtles. Exactly. <laughs> Michelangelo likes pizza. Yeah, yeah that's you. what I know about him. <laughs> Let us proclaim the mystery of saying. <laughs> uh, this is the first time ever I'm like, I have no idea what's going on right now. 
<laughs> I'm a very, I'm very close to Jesus. I'm very holy, Andrea. As you know, in our live podcast, you learn that I am a very religious person. That would be wild. Oh it must God. have been such a relief for you to come out of that type of repression into New York City. Like what a. <laughs> so you saw, you saw the butt. What happens after the butt? Oh my God. I said to my parents, I want to go to film school at NYU. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, I want to go to New York for gay sex. And yeah. it was. I think that's, I think that's I, interchangeable um, sentence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's probably what every NYU student is thinking. <laughs> but no, my very first week, I went, I was like, I've got to find out where gay men congregate in this town. Because I really, I really was like an Ohio hayseed boy. I really knew nothing about New York. Mm -hmm. And I was brand new at this big school and very lonely feeling. And I just didn't know how cruising worked or anything like that. So I went. Well, had you had a sexual experience at all before this? Oh, yeah, yeah. I had had sexual experiences mostly with straight boys that I kind of like seduced. You know, like when I was in junior high, I would do things like say, hey, wouldn't it be funny if you mooned me? And, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I'll show you mine. You show me yours, that kind of. Or, oh, my God, we were so drunk. What happened? You know, playing a little doctor here and there. Yeah. Right, right, right. Putting a lot of hemorrhoid? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I should probably check with my penis. It's it's a little early, but could you use a prostate exam? Um, (laughs) You're putting a lot of air quotes in a lot of activities. Uh (laughs) So anyway, literally like third day at NYU, I was like, I know where I have to go. Because I was a film student. I was like, I got to go to the seventh floor of the School of the Arts where the musical theater kids are hanging out. Moth to a flame. I was up there for like 10 minutes and I heard two guys just chattering away in the hallways. And one of them was like, oh my God, do you know where the gay guys from Columbia University get together? Ooh. And it was, they were talking about this place. They said, it's called The Works. But back then, this is 1988. Back then, a lot of gay bars still like didn't put a sign on the front. You know what I mean? It was still kind of secretive what's going on in there. They might have a little rainbow flag or a pink triangle or something. Or a rooster for cock. There you go. Like the one, it was at 2nd Avenue, right? That's right. Yeah, the cock is still out. (laughs) I don't know. I think RIP at this point. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I found this place called The Works. Uh, It went all the way up to East 84th, or no, West 84th Street at that time, which was a big journey for me to just take the subway. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. Yeah. (laughs) And I walked in there, and it's so funny because I was at, you know, NYU is in the middle of Greenwich Village, and here I am tracking rumors that gay men congregate, you know, like, yeah, you have like a conch shell. You're like, I hear gay people. (laughs) But but I think they're 84 blocks north of here. Just, just, for people's reference, the West Village was a big hub for the gay community. It's where the riots started in Stonewall, mm-hmm. where the, um, well, now we call it parade, but it was a pride march that started because of that. And um, it was it was where you could be a little more out uh, 
actually the most out probably in New York City. So that's where NYU is. But instead, he went about 80 blocks north to... <laughs> where the boys from Columbia go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like a stuck-up kind of neighborhood, a little bit, oh, right? It is, it yeah. is. And it was a kind of a stuck-up crowd. It was a very white crowd uh-huh. in there. I remember that. And I remember immediately feeling frightened. I walked in there and I was like, oh shit. Like I grew up terrified of men or boys competing with one another over bullshit, you know, like, like soccer, football, you know, even a game of monopoly or whatever. I found traumatizing as a kid when, you know, guys were, you know, competing with guys. So now all of a sudden I'm in this gay bar and I'm like, oh shit, cruising is guys competing with each other for each other. And so I was very intimidated. So I got super, super drunk, couldn't bring myself to talk to a single person there, was too shy, went outside feeling like, oh my God, I'm way too drunk. I, I now I have to leave. Mm-hmm. And then I saw this big back, black void across the street And I thought, oh, that must be this place they call the Central Park. (laughs) (laughs) The big black void. (laughs) Yeah. Because I was used to seeing skyscrapers everywhere, right? Yeah. It is weird how empty, how big of a space it occupies. It is. Yeah. Yeah. When you first get here and see it, you're like, whoa, this is something right in the middle of this city. Um, So... I I thought, oh my gosh, I have heard rumors that gay men have anonymous sexual encounters in that park. So it's about like 3.30 or 4 in the morning. And I go that Is that what you were looking for? Is anonymous sex specifically or just whatever? Just touch me. Uh, That's a really... Good. You see, Hamden, you are so good with the fucking questions. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Now that I think of it, this is my fucking formative experience with being like, oh, I don't want to have a conversation. Can't we just get our dicks out? Yeah. <laughs> this was the first one. <laughs> and then it never stopped. <laughs> how, how, is it, how does it become known that Central Park is like for that particular thing? Is it just like through the rumor mill? I'm like, I'm wondering who the first person was that was like, Let's do it behind a bush. I'm going to say that that's a good question too, Andrea. Yeah, I was aware of the movie. I hadn't seen the movie Cruising, but Mm. I was aware of its existence. Okay. And had probably heard, like it might have even been in that Time Magazine article that I read all those, you know, when I was a little boy. Uh, I also but- imagine that if you start delving into a specific underground culture, you'll find it in the music that you're listening to. Mm-hmm. That you find, you'll yeah. find it in like just like you went up to the seventh floor. Mm-hmm. That's where it happens. That's where you're going to hear about it. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's funny if you listen back to the village people. A lot of their songs are just cues as to where to go to find shit. <laughs> it's like it's like a scavenger hunt. Yeah. That's a- exciting so i live in queens new york and i live right by kew gardens uh forest hills like on the border there and in forest park we have something called the pines and uh so the in this neighborhood in in kew gardens there's a ton of flight attendants and that's like kind of wow yeah it's it's actually really exciting if you ever want to come over and visit um so what happens is there's this one part of forest park that's kind of the woods and it's called the pines and Uh that's kind of our cruising spot and i've known about it since i'm younger and we used to go and like hike 
in the woods in Forest Park and you always see people just waiting there. And I'd be like, hi. Was it queer or was it was it uh, male gay specific or? or Yeah, it was male gay specific. Oh, okay. Yeah. My cruising place at boarding school in Canada is what we called Hill 69. Um, And on (laughs) Hill 69 (laughs) is where people would go, obviously, to do drugs and have sex. And there was a very industrious group of younger girls. I want to say I was in my senior year and they were in their junior year and they bought a tent and they Ooh. set it up on Hill 69. Wow. With like an air mattress and stuff as like a gift to the sluts. There was yeah. like, there was rumors going around like they, someone, someone set up a tent and there was like a hookah up there. Like we all kind of built our own infrastructure, but it was on a very steep mountain. Like I you really had that. to want it to get but there. That's more like um, you bring so that's like a, like hookers are working out of there. I like the, the anonymous, like it's almost like a glory hole with no wall. That's yeah. what the pines are like. And that's what you were going for in Central Park, right? Do you, yeah, absolutely. Do you know, I was asked by a pansexual kink camp, meaning, you know, anyone is welcome mm-hmm. to, they, they were like, listen, you're a gay man. We would love to have some events at the kink camp this weekend that were like kind of had the gay male perspective. So could you host a cruising in the woods event yes. at midnight on Saturday night? I was like, sure, I can host that. And the funniest thing happened. Look how far like, you've come. I was know, there a no, PowerPoint? No. Was there a PowerPoint presentation? No, it was just me standing around making sure people were like, you can cruise around here. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're um, a scout leader. <laughs> I thought you were teaching people how to find dick in the woods. Well, I did teach classes at that same weekend, but not in cruising. But the funny thing was, I was instantly like, Oh, there's such a difference between all male culture and male plus female and or anyone else culture, which is that I kept feeling like, do I have to tell the woman, the women to stop talking? <laughs> like, like all the women were socializing and I'm like, wait, we don't talk. But then I was like, eh, let it be whatever it is. <laughs> Ladies, top of the clucking. We're here for talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because traditional traditional cruising is very nonverbal mm-hmm. and very like, I mean, you will so often find those guys who are on the down low or in mm. denial about what they're doing. They kind of enter into the cruising space as if they're entering into the unconscious. And so you'll have these exchanges with guys like I always want to have a little conversation afterwards. And oftentimes I'm just totally rebuffed. Like I remember saying to a guy one time, we have hooked up so many times. Um, Let's just share our numbers. Like, why not just come over to my place? And I said, can I have your number? And he said, he was like a deer in the headlights. He said, it's in Spanish. Wow. (laughs) It is very hard to translate that. Yeah, I understand. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's <laughs> cruising people that you uh, meet mul- at, at multiple times. Well, do you, do you schedule the- or are you just like walking <laughs> past a bush and you're like, oh, there's there he is again. 
<laughs> no, I should explain. That was happening at a sex club that I okay. used to go to all the gotcha. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Um, so anyway, yeah, in Central Park, my very first week, I'm 18 years old, and I got very drunk, walked into the woods, immediately got lost. Immediately. I mean, I get lost just walking around the block in Bed-Stuy. So, uh, yeah, I should have figured, oh, my gosh. So I, I decided to play it safe and just hide in the bushes. I figured, you know... <laughs> Take your position. (laughs) If there's anyone who's on their way to or fro a forest sex party, then I can just like ask them for directions, right? Right. But what's funny is you mentioned earlier, the park is so huge. You happen to enter at what, 80th Street or something. Who knows if cruising is happening on 50-something Street or 100th Street. Yeah, you're just like, and now I will see Dick. That's like like saying New York is good for gay sex. Yeah, yeah. This is how I live my life too, Kevin. I just kind of go somewhere and see if something happens. And often it does. Assume there will be dick. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I no. Be. the truth is that place is, there is an official place and it's called The Ramble. And I wasn't very nearby there. I mean, now that I know, but I didn't know at the time. So I hid in the bushes and then I figured, wait a minute. If someone passes by, it's so late. Maybe I can just have sex with that person. And so, indeed, a guy came down, and I started shaking my branches. (laughs) And he was, like, very, very well-dressed. He was, like, in Brooks Brothers with, like, a suitcase and everything. Mm -hmm. And God damn it all, if that motherfucker... Like, at first, I thought he was going to run away. Like, Mm -hmm. I I have two ways of telling this story. You know, like, sometimes you can tell a story and lie in the middle and go back and then say, what really happened? But what really happened is he saw me and he was like, holy shit, that is a dude here in Central Park. It's time to get our dicks out. So I, that was my first and on I blew that guy. Oh, it's like a code. It's like, well, it is Central Park. I have my dick out. And we oh, both have dicks. Okay, so how do you, so because you're already crouched, crouching down you're the one who's sucking dick like how did you make that decision there's no talking there's no anything you shook bushes then he knew to is take that a, is dick? that a sign you shake the branches is that a thing well, I, just like wanted to, I wanted to alert him that i was there because you know it's dark and foggy sure he probably first thought that is a raccoon and then looked over and was like oh that is a man that is gonna blow me right I mean, it's, it's a much better situation that's, that's Almost a better situation, depending on how much you like raccoons. That's true. That's yeah, true. That's true. true. <laughs> um, don't want to so on how that. Was no. <laughs> um, how was it? How was it? You know, it was, I was so damn drunk. You know, like, like the way all my friends remember this story is that I fell asleep in the park and then lost my shoes. Someone stole my shoes. I mean, it was a complete mess of a night. Mm-hmm. So, Wait, why were they thinking that? <laughs> that, that it was messy of me to have lost my shoes and did you did you lose your shoes and fall asleep in central park yeah i came okay. back to my living space uh shoeless uh, yes i have also come back shoeless <laughs> from from a threesome so uh, where oh. where I decided halfway through the threesome that I wasn't interested in participating anymore, so right. I just got up and ran home with it. Yeah. See? So you're asking, well, how exactly was this intimacy? I'm like, I don't know. I came home shoeless. Yeah. 
Not bad. Probably means you had a good time. I think so. Yeah. A memorable time, certainly. <laughs> definitely, definitely. It was like it was an interesting beginning. Mm-hmm. But but I didn't realize that sex in 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 spaces happened in a more in New York City, happened in a more organized sort of way, in like places where, you know, you're not the elements are, sure. are not all around you. Until a friend, I think I was a sophomore by this time at NYU. It was like my second year at NYU when a friend said, did you know the limelight? The limelight was this nightclub on 6th Avenue and 21st Street, I think. And it was a former, like it maybe Episcopalian it was a church. church. Oh, yeah. 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 Both Hemda and Tracy were limelight regulars. Oh, that's so fabulous. I'm so jealous that you guys were in New York for this part of history because I'm so fascinated with this particular time period. Oh, it's yeah. It's so funny because when you guys were talking about my cruise place was this, my cruise place was this mine was limelight and palladium it really was that kind of experience where you could walk around you can have a sexual experience or yes party and dance or you could just sit in a corner and like just melt away and uh, it's loud it had different rooms it was imagine one of the biggest churches or like it's big for the church is still there it's still there Mm-hmm. It's a mall. Now. I know. Right. It's so pathetic. It's so I think sad. it's, um, I actually thought it was like a workout place now because they had changed it over. It's very <laughs> upsetting. To, I, I just, I get very emotional when I pass by. There's yeah. like a Grimaldi's inside. I was like, come on. Yeah, yeah right, it's a fancy right. mall. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But it was so good because it really was like um, what, what New York used to be, which is if you want to do weird shit in here, you're allowed. You can dress funny. You can, mm-hmm. I mean, the platforms that they wore were like 10, 10 inches at least, like mm-hmm. sometimes two feet, you know, and the outfits and come to you're finally glitter, normal. Height. Also, you could, <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> I wore like five inch platforms and danced all night. It was absolutely fantastic. There was, I don't know if you guys were there for Richie Says. It was a, um, like Simon says, but Richie says, and he always told you to take off your clothes and eat each other out. So that was fun. No, I think I this <laughs> that's so much fun. Well, what the way I was introduced to it is that I think it was Thursday nights were gay male night, right? Or I don't remember exactly, but I think it was. And that's the night fr- I used to go. Oh, really? I, well, I don't. I used to go Thursday nights, but but. There was a lot of gay shit. I just didn't maybe put it together. Right. Because there always was. Right. Because I think that it was just such an eclectic mix of people that it's like there were certain clubs where there were gay nights and then there were certain clubs where it was like, it was Whatever. always just kind of like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But a friend said that, you know, a lot of people don't know about it, but if you venture back into one of these dark hallways there, there's the spiral sort of staircase up to the bell tower, just like in the movie Vertigo. Uh, And the bell is not there anymore, but the bell tower is still there. And in fact, it was like big open, like you could jump out of the fucking thing like in Vertigo, you know? Wasn't it like a DJ space or am I... Not when I was there. When I was there, that was where all the anonymous sex was happening. Mm. This is a friend told me, you know, everyone goes there and it's very dark and everyone's having sex. So the first time I went up there, oh my God, it was only the moonlight that was lighting things. 
you had like the smell, the smell of all the sweaty men. Yeah, and it'll hit you like, like a ton of bricks. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and the, the poppers is and like... all of that. Yeah. Woo! Yes, indeed. And there was a boy who reminded me of River Phoenix, which shows you, hey, you know, I've I've had some diversity in my. <laughs> uh, yeah. Totally. There are some white guys amongst the Asians over there. Sure, sure, sure. sure, 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 sure. <laughs> so I, I had a crush on River Phoenix ever since Stand By Me. And he was, this fella was being serviced by someone in his front. And I was like, I wonder if he'd mind if I ate him out from behind. Excuse me. Um. <laughs> yeah. Which is now like just a winning formula. Now I just walk up to guys and say, do you like to have your ass eaten? Or yeah, whatever. who doesn't? Yeah. Well, no, a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't. Really? I do not. Themselves. Yeah. I do not. Right, we need right. to be more secure, Hemda. I, we need I to work not. on that. You got to work on that in therapy. Hemda. I, the back no, door. I think that people's bodies and whatever not are just different, you know? Um, <laughs> did it feel, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, did it feel gratifying to leave like restrictive Catholicism and then to like be in a traditionally Catholic space just like spitting oh, the face of all this absolutely, absolutely. In fact, I was at the limelight the night before graduation from NYU a few years later and got crabs there. And <laughs> oh, so, man. Yeah, the morning I woke up for graduation to like, I, like my parents were headed over. It's like eight in the morning. I'm like, <gasps> I have to shave all the hair off my body and put that, that, that horrible like mm-hmm. shampoo that scalds your skin mm-hmm. and put that all over mm-hmm. me. And because With a I was like, comb, I heard. Yeah, exactly. I was like, <laughs> I do not want to give crabs to my mom. <laughs> Well, You're, I mean, you got it from using a public restroom, right? Just like from making a little pee-pee. Yeah, oh, totally. sure, sure, yeah. sure. So I get it. Sure. A lot of my friends have gotten it like that, too. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. So I became very, very fond of all the anonymous sex and sex clubby stuff. I became known to all my gay friends as Kevin, who cannot handle hard drugs and who can only handle so much socializing. They're like, Kevin's going to show up at the bar tonight. He's going to be fucking hilarious for 30 minutes. Then he's going to be eating his, his eating someone's ass in a dark corner somewhere, and we're not going to hear from him again. That's a great... Okay. Were you just that. doing that? Were you doing it because you loved eating ass, or were you doing it because you just needed, like, alone... T- like, you needed some quiet time? Oh, he no, because I love eating ass. Oh, okay, I didn't know if you were just, like, using eating ass as, a like, a tool. It's a one-way conversation. I definitely do. <laughs> I definitely do have social anxiety, um, but, you know, I mean, for God's sakes, no, not, sometimes not that much. People, you know, they'll go outside and smoke a cigarette so that they don't have to be around people in the bar. So I didn't right. know if you were using that as like, you know, just a way to get away and just like take a break. Socially. That's a hell of a coping mechanism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, a little ass eating to take mm-hmm. a break. I do. I at kink camps when when you're when it's like four days of fucking, I I definitely get to like day three and I'm like, 
I'm going to take a three fucking hour walk in the woods today. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've Shake got to get away from people. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. I have a question about, did you say the rambles are a place where you, where mm-hmm. there's cruising and so is that a particular area? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, uh, I don't remember where, it, but you can look it up on a map. It's still yeah. there. I think that, you know, Grinder has just utterly destroyed gay cruising culture. I mean, I, I think it still happens, but, but pretty you know, sparse. Yeah. You know? yeah. 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 And when you, when you first moved to New York, were you moving into a dorm or you had an apartment? Oh, my God. So. He lived in the park, Hamda. I, <laughs> I couldn't. believe it. <laughs> I couldn't afford to live in the dorms at NYU, which, which was scarring to me because I've always been the motherfucker who came from a, you know, lower middle class family, but my family was always striving to get me into the best schools. So all my friends were far, far wealthier than me, right? Mm -hmm. So I made friends with everyone in the state, my sketch comedy group while I was at NYU, but couldn't spend all my time with them because I had to go back down toward Coney Island where my brother had a little apartment and my parents were like, you're just going to live with your brother. And my brother wasn't happy about it. And I, was, I wasn't happy about it. So I, And just the, to give people perspective, the, from the West Village to Coney Island, I would say that's an hour and a half of commute, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was a long like- commute. It wasn't quite all the way down there. But um, uh, anyway, anyway, first night, first night. My brother has this stained, like, 1959 twin mattress from Macy's. So he's lay- straight. Laying on the floor in the, yeah. in the living room area. And he's like, you can have that. So I Was see- he smoking a cigarette as, as he said that? <laughs> there was, were, there, there were beer cans all over okay. the apartment. It he was, was also it- my grandmother when he said that. <laughs> he had curlers in his hair. <laughs> so in the middle of the night, I hear this screaming. I hear this old woman's voice saying, you are such a fucking idiot what did i do to deserve a son like you and then and then furniture breaking and shit like that and a little bit of mumbling and then i so i bolt up i'm like what is going on mom's it here it was the apartment right downstairs my brother's like oh i forgot to tell you the old lady downstairs lives with her adult son screams at him constantly and it's very abusive and it's very disturbing and just get used to it. So within a few weeks, she discovered us uh, like, I don't know what the fuck was happening. There was a day where I was smoking pot and listening to Miles Davis, like the most mild. It was, it was kind of blue. I remember. Cause that's the most like, that's not harsh music. And it wasn't no. turned up very loud either. Well, I'm just laying in bed, relaxing, smoking pot. When all of a sudden there's this bam, bam, bam on the door. I thought it was gunshots. Uh-huh. I jump up and realize, oh, no, no, someone's banging on our door. I look out the little fishbowl lens there, you know, the little eye thing to look mm-hmm. out the door, and there's this tiny elderly lady with a broom handle just whacking away at the door. So <laughs> I, I opened it with the chain, like, can I help you? And she was like, you, with the constant noise and jumping around and the loud me. I was like... 
okay, I'll try to be more quiet. Like she was obviously just flat out crazy. Sure. She left, she put bleach in a, in a plastic bag that you would get from the grocery store and then left it listening in, in front of our door. So it was just a puddle of bleach and, and a plastic bag. As like an intimidation tactic? Something. I don't know. She was probably like, clean. Can you guys clean? This is for the mattress. <laughs> yeah, that's true. She probably like got a whiff of like I'm some of worried. those empty beer cans all over the place. But no, then a day comes where she's being wheeled away in an, <gasps> to an ambulance. And a day later, my brother and I get a knock on the door. It's the landlord. And he's like, hey, the apartment downstairs is open now. So if you guys have any friends, please spread the word. We need a new tenant in the apartment downstairs. And we said, oh, what happened? He said, oh, well, the old lady died. And we said, what, what about her son? And he said, her son? Oh. <laughs> there was no son. So it was just like, it was like a reverse of psycho. Oh, my God. That old lady was like absolutely a paranoid schizophrenic, probably or, unmedicated. Just okay. Oh, that is such a nightmare. <laughs> what if she had a son, but he was yeah. such a disappointment that she decided to kill him and dispose of the body, mm-hmm. used all the bleach she had to clean. And yes. Was like, I, you know what? I have a little bit of leftover bleach. Let's pour it in a bag. Give it to Kev. <laughs> But did you move? It was nice. That did was thoughtful. I'm just saying. Did you move into the apartment downstairs? Oh God, no, 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 no. no you what don't I did? Dead old lady all over your house. I don't no, care. No, I made. Rent. I made friends with a super cute boy at NYU who had no interest in me. That sounds like trouble. <laughs> yeah, Classic. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my so life, you move in. <laughs> yes, moved in right next door to Charles Bush. Uh, this apartment was kind of amazing. It was in a railroad apartment where West 12th Street and West 4th Street meet. Oh, that's amazing. And it was a railroad apartment and I had two roommates. So it was kind of a mess. It was a bunch of college kids trying to make this work. Which um, which part of the railroad were you at the caboose? Like, do you are you the one who has to pass by the no, other two? No, they pass I, by yours. I was the middle guy. Everyone had. Well, oh. yeah. Well, at least my roommate had to. And when I couldn't pay the rent, that's when he introduced me to the whole idea of hustling. He like my roommate knew one weekend. Jesus Christ! I took this guy on as a roommate. Now he can't pay the rent. Now, like I said super cute the kind mm-hmm. of guy who looks like mm, is he as old as he say he is and and he was as old as he said he was kevin's but he looked favorite. like a, he looked like a kid in a disney movie right mm-hmm. and not just this kevin's favorite kevin spacey's favorite <laughs> oh really <laughs> yeah kevin spacey used to come over to our place <laughs> And tie my roommate up and stank him. (gasps) And finally, my roommate said he cut it off with Kevin Spacey because he said it wasn't the tying up stuff. It was the whispering. It was the things he would say that were scaring my roommate. Oh, my God. Like what? Like what? Like what? Like what? I like it better when you don't consent. I don't even know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Tell me you're 11. Oh, my God. How Now, Kevin Spacey. How long has like the gay community and I, I not to make you speak for the gay community at large, but 
Um, how long did was it kind of an open secret that he was gay? Because it seemed like it's been oh god, forever. everyone, everyone knew he was gay for the longest time, and. Uh, I mean, ever since I have, well, I mean, the first I heard of him was when he since was coming over to my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, everyone knew. And I used to be really angry at him because I used to feel like, God damn. And now I understand this better. Now, I, you know, as a 50 year old, now I understand, man, careers can go like that in a second. You know, everything is so unstable as far as, you know, everyone who tries to build a reputation uh, wants to like be a certain way so that they can succeed in Hollywood. But at the time, you know, back when like American Beauty and stuff like that came out, I used to feel like, oh, come on. You're yeah. pretty rich and powerful now. Can't you at come out? Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I understand um, that. Would he say something like, don't, don't tell anyone? Like, was there a reference of like, oh, I'm publicly straight, so don't say anything? Oh, no. I imagine at that time, it's like Alcoholics Anonymous. You just kind of know not to say because people could lose their jobs. Right. It was, it was just anonymous by default. You would only say after you have a discussion. Yeah, people were- yeah it, it, exactly. It, it's kind of like, um, what's his name? The guy who's saying chances are... Uh, chances are uh, Johnny Mathis. Johnny Mathis says that in the 1970s, he would mention being gay in interviews with magazines and newspapers. And he said they would never print it. He's like, you know, (laughs) like, like there was just an unspoken thing of, no, we don't talk about that stuff, you know? Oh, so, now, yeah, which, yeah. what Kevin Spacey? Which Kevin Spacey are we talking about here? Like, what what era of Kevin? Oh, Spacey? oh, oh. so this is uh, nineteen eighty nine. Okay, so how 19- old was he? I don't know. So this oh, is. Oh, I mean, he was he was probably uh, late thirties, early forties. Oh, so late. see no evil, hear no evil. Right, that's around. Um, this is way before Usual Suspects. This yeah, is like, this is, okay. is this is this is yeah. You're, you're right. Okay, so okay. he's probably maybe thirty five or so. He was probably uh, around the age when he was accused of um, going after the fella from rent when the fella from rent was just uh-huh. a kid. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 It does yeah. sound like he really likes them young. Like this oh, guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, this yeah. guy oh. passed because he looked young. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, and that's what also made my friend, my room, my friend roommate, whose name I'm not mentioning. Um, he, like I never understood how he made the rent. You know, he mm. was one of those people where I'm like, he always seems to have something up his sleeve. And then I realized, oh, he has daddies who pay for things. And so is he, this uh, the hustle? Yeah, yeah. It, so there were hustler bars then before Giuliani. Giuliani really decimated. Fucking Giuliani. Fucking Giuliani. He killed so much of gay nightlife, definitely kink nightlife, just all of those outright. And also AIDS decimated a lot of that stuff as well. But in 1980- So you're saying that Giuliani, very similar to AIDS. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Giuliani was the COVID of his time. Mm -hmm. Pick it up what you're putting down. Okay. Yeah. Um, But yeah, there used to be a bar called the rounds or rounds yeah yeah and it was very weird it was very it was like a david lynch movie in fact i think there was like blue velvet and red velvet around there was definitely someone playing on the piano and smoking you know all the bars were filled oh yeah all the bars had smoke in them yeah yeah Yeah. 
So my roommate recommended, he's like, go there, go to rounds. And he gave me like seven rules, like seven laws for successful whoring. It's like the 10 crack commandments, (laughs) but for (laughs) hustling. I immediately forgot like four of them. Never get high on your own supply. Yeah, never never sell crack where you rest at. Uh Yeah. Yeah, they were, one was Sweetie Phone Home, which was good. That meant, well, you know, like E.T. Phone Home. It Mm -hmm. meant make sure you call a friend in front of the John's face to tell Mm. them where you're going and at what time, you know? so that Yeah. Um, And then one was uh, No Money Before Honey, which, you know, I mean. Oh, I like that one. Honestly, that should be a Money no honey before, before honey. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. That should be across the board, just a rule of life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've given a lot of honey where I should have asked for a So little. much honey. <laughs> a lot of free honey has come out of this jar, so. And then hard to get's an easy bet, which meant don't seem too desperate. You know, be like, be like, be like someone in a Jane Austen novel. <laughs> Again, great life rule. These are these are not these are actually the rule. I think like if you've ever read a relationship book, like that, it, these are the actual rules that all of these women are writing about. Yeah, this, this is just men are from Mars. Period. Yeah. No, is it really? Yeah. No, the- <laughs> no just that part. Yeah. Oh, okay. Men are from Mars and shake a bush. <laughs> Um, But I got up there. I got up there my first night of trying to hustle to make the rent. And it was a disaster. I'll tell you what. The room was... Now, this was a couple years later. So this is around 1992 or 93 now. So grunge is very popular. I think my own private Idaho had come out. So all the hustlers looked like uh, River Phoenix and Keanu Reeves in my own private Idaho. And so the bar was half that half super hot guys dressed kind of grungy and half guys who looked like Dick Cheney and Rush Limbaugh, like very clearly bankers, Republicans, et cetera, who were there to buy the boys. Do they look like when they're going in there, this is so fascinating to me because it's obviously a known spot for that. Are they looking left and right before they go in? You know what I mean? Like it's like, like the Hasidic guys coming out of a strip club. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it seems like such a risk, but also obviously they, it's worth it for them. Yeah, I think, I, but again, it's like- Wait, this- Kevin, are you saying that uh, these business white men can just walk into any space, do whatever they want, and people will automatically forget it because they are who they are? Or are you saying that the world is upside down? Oh, no. I, what I'm saying is like they can come into this bar and it looks like a normal bar. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing to indicate that it's even a gay bar. But everyone knows, no, yeah. this is for hustlers and Johns. So yeah. you see this very stark difference between all these older men who look wealthy, etc., and all these younger guys. And there's a lot of very specific cruising going on in this case. Like the boys had hand signals. That they would be like the first thing that made me feel like, oh, I'm in over my head was mm-hmm. to see all the boys doing the little like in the sting, Robert Redford and, and Paul Newman, like, you know, brushing a nose or flicking a chin or something oh, is that like, like toe that. tapping kind of like. 
it, it, it's t- to say things like watch out for that one he's violent or oh. that guy's mine stay away or you know that kind of thing yeah interesting yeah, yeah. now did, did they tell you what to look for like um who's a good target if I should use that word, like, I, are you like, are you looking at shoes for the good shoes? Who's, who are you going for? I wish that my roommate had given me some good advice along those lines, because here's the thing. One of the reasons I had such a hard time being gay in my twenties was that I was a twink and I felt like a daddy and didn't know that, right? Uh, so I was can you describe all- a twink to people? <clears throat> so a twink is, in gay culture, someone who, they can be any age, you know, they can be in their 30s or 40s, but they look boyish, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they tend to, like, not have much body hair and be skinny and just have, like, kind of the more boyish look about them. And then a daddy in a relationship tends to be older, tends to be the more butch, tends to be the more experienced and all that sort of thing. So it's interesting. You will have people in BDSM with role play turning the tables. Like you'll have a twink who is the daddy and a daddy who's the boy, you know, all that kind of thing. But in the general culture, it's that other normal way or whatever. Um, so yeah, I think that one of the reasons I struggled so much in my twenties felt so like, oh my God, I don't know how to make any, uh, any progress here is that I was always cruising for twinks who were searching for daddies. And I kind of (laughs) felt like, well, isn't that me? And then you look back at pictures of me and it's like, yeah, no. no. (laughs) What, What could you have done to make you look more daddy at that point? I could have grown a beard. Like the, <laughs> okay. yeah, it was it was when I got divorced from my husband and realized, oh shit, that whole daddy twink culture is like back with a vengeance nowadays. I grew yeah. a beard and all of a sudden I was I was rolling. <laughs> so <laughs> so so when you say like a warning that a guy is violent so i would imagine like nothing is being reported so you kind of have to police amongst the hustlers yeah 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 my friend uh, scott heim wrote the book mysterious skin mm-hmm. and the inside like he used to hustle mm-hmm. he did it for a long time and the incident that inspired the novel was getting the fuck beaten out of himself uh, roundabout Coney Island. Uh, I don't know where he met this particular John, but he was about that same age, you know, Uh as when I was trying to do that. And yeah, he got, he got beaten up really badly. Is it like internalized homophobia? Do you feel like, or is it, is it guys who are like maybe straight guys trying to beat up gay guys or a mix of all different things. There was also at that same time, the, the gay sex club I used to go to all the time was the Bijou, which is where the Rolling Stones used to do heroin together. Oh. <laughs> and then <Chef's> they, <laughs> and then they sold it to become a gay sex club that I think still exists. Even though Giuliani shut it down for a decade. Fucking Giuliani. Fucking Giuliani. (laughs) You fucking fun-ruining motherfucker. This is post-college. So this is like mid-90s when I used to go to the Bijou all the time. But there was a guy who was coming in there with like a screwdriver and (gasps) shiving people. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I think it's just... um, 
crazy God, people crazy yeah. people yeah well exactly. how'd you how'd you do as a hustler oh oh my god can i say i feel like you're too earnest to be a hustler mm-hmm. like you're yeah. such a you're such a lovely and like you yeah. wear your heart on your sleeve kind of thank uh, you for getting to the controlling idea of the story <laughs> that's how it ends it ends with me being like i am just not a con man you know because in order to hustle there really does have to be a bit of a con about it you know yeah. like, yeah. like what's, what's the part of the con you couldn't do <laughs> well first i couldn't pretend i liked these Aww. guys who look like rush limbaugh oh man yeah, i gotta tell you i would love to be a hustler like i think that i would be great at it i love like you would I, I yeah. really do. I enjoy, like, even when I'm watching a movie, I'm always rooting for the bad guy. Like, I love a good scam. I love yeah. all of these things. Like, yeah. when people are robbing people blind, I'm like, yes. It's a kind of role play, really, that I yeah. think, you know, with, I, I'm the same way with, uh, Andrea, you were talking about, I'm the same way with role play. Like, I mm-hmm. can, like, I just had a therapy session right before the Zoom meeting, and my therapist was like, yeah, you have a problem with getting confused about the amount of intimacy and sincerity and, you know, real that's love so, or whatever that seems to be happening in your role play. You've got to like, that's so funny that you said you. that because recently on uh, a last week on Keith and the Girl, we have a wrap up show and Bianca Brady, I was saying like, oh, I'm not really good at sexting. Even if it's like in person, it's, I have to come up with all this shit. And Bianca goes, yeah, because you're, you tell too much of the truth. It's like your sex somebody asks you what you're wearing now if you're gonna stay naked you gotta get naked and i'm like yeah I yeah. don't. <laughs> she's like i'm wearing guys if you want to know what i'm wearing um it, it's a hoodie uh i've had it since 98 has, why are you wearing that fucking hoodie we told you to get rid of that it has a few holes in it but it is my favorite hoodie and yeah am i wearing a hanes t-shirt that stains with ketchup yes i am so uh how do you like that you like that <laughs> and then I, people I are just like, do I don't want to, I don't, I don't think I want to text with her anymore. <laughs> right, right. This is gross. Like uh. even stuff like, oh, you're the best at this. I'm like, am I? Because I feel like we need to have a conversation. Oh. It's okay yeah. if I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Right. The enemy. Nitpicking is the enemy of passion. <laughs> you're too real. You are too yeah. real. You you are too in your head. You're too literal. That's yeah. what it but is. But if, if we're not doing any garbage. Yeah, if we're not doing any words, I can get in the zone a little easier and I'll I'll role play, but like I won't it'll have to be like, okay, you're dominating, which means like I don't have to come up with too many scenarios, right? Right, like, right, 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 right. I'll 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 agree a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're a lazy you're the best. You're yeah. a lazy sub. <laughs> I'm 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 a very active but not um very like I talk so much in my regular life. I'll just keep right. quiet and do the thing you tell me. I'll sure. do That's all nice. the things. You're like, you know, else. I just did three podcasts. If I could just agree to everything you say, that'd be great. It's just yes. like, you know, I recorded two episodes of Keith and the girl and then only in New York and then I had this phone meeting and then I had to call customer I'm in a closet I had to call customer service I had to lower my Time Warner cable bill like do you mind if I just say yes daddy yes daddy (laughs) yes and yes and yeah I think Time Warner pays Emda now I think Emda's called Time Warner so much that her bill is actually (laughs) they actually had to change their name to Spectrum because she called so much yeah (laughs) oh my gosh so could this John could he tell that you were not into it was it very obvious that you were not interested in him well let me tell you about the most outrageous part the part where i was like uh, i don't I, I am not cut out for this fucking work it was 
a guy, a guy who looked like Rush Limbaugh, mm-hmm. who was friends with a guy who looked like Dick Cheney. They walked <laughs> right up to me, and one of them, like the Rush Limbaugh guy, grabbed my hand and pulled it up into a shaft of light from one of the spotlights up on the ceiling. Uh-huh. And he said, look at this. Hair on the back of his hand. That means there's hair on his ass, too. Oh. Ah, and he very... dropped my hand, and they both just sauntered away. Yeah, well, Very bold. Uh, yeah, like I was a fucking yeah, piece, like of, meat a piece of meat at the yeah. butcher. This was, like, this was like the yeah. cattle auction that I went to in Virginia. Yeah. This is very similar. Yeah. It was also very, it was also very like uh, daunting for me. Because, look, if you are a daddy, there should be hair on the back of your ass. Yeah. The, wait, your ass only has a back. <laughs> or, or whatever, on your ass. The side. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a side. There is a side ass. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so no, it was very, I was like, what the fuck? I don't know if I'm cut out for this. So I started to leave. Mm-hmm. that's when this younger guy, I saw this younger guy at the doorway. By younger, I mean like maybe 40, right? Okay. And he looked yuppie. He looked like a Tucker Carlson kind of mm-hmm. guy. Um, like, a, I don't know, snobby, younger, rich, yuppie guy. And he started, he started hustling me right off the bat. Well, the first thing he said was, what are you, brand new at this? So it was Uh-oh. nagging. It was like nagging, which we yeah. didn't have a word for then. Yeah. And me, Hamda, like exactly what you were talking about. I, I don't know how to like lie. So sure. I was just like, yeah, this it's is my, my first, first night. <laughs> this is my first day of hustling. How can you tell? Is it because I bought brand new loafers? And he said, oh, well, you're not supposed to admit it. Yeah. yeah, but wouldn't you think there would be like some sort of charm in the fact that you're new? You yeah. know, like, well, oh, yeah. maybe you're taking oh advantage God. of me. That's the sad part of the story because there later did end up being someone who really valued that. Oh, but anyway, I to this guy, this guy, this this yuppie guy, uh, he he was like, listen. I don't have much time, and I'm kind of on a budget, so let's just bolt. Uh, we'll do a half session at my place for seventy five. And okay. I didn't. I didn't know what a half session was. I, I, don't I didn't know, know what like, that means like, What the me fuck either. is that? And seventy five dollars sounded to me like. Now wait a minute. I'm trying to get the fucking rent paid. You know, like yeah. my roommate had said. You know, the least you should accept is like two hundred fifty. Yeah, that's not a lot of honey. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like I didn't thing. have I didn't have the agency. I didn't have the I mean, I did have the agency. I didn't have the confidence. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's pushing me out of the bar. And instantly I can see that, you know, phone home, E.T. phone, <laughs> sweet E.T. phone home is not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets me in this cab and we're kind of bobbing around because we keep hitting potholes. And he, he starts yanking my fly down and saying, here, here, get your dick out. And I was like, oh, Jesus. excuse me, sir. I I'm a lady. <laughs> Money before honey. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, we haven't talked about the terms of the transaction. You know I'm what I mean? Like, you, I, like I'm, I'm, not, I'm not much of a negotiator. So me he was neither. like, He's like, dude, you're supposed to be acting like you like this. Now get your cock out. Uh, And meanwhile, 
the, the taxi driver is like a Sikh guy in a turban who is just like, he, like he knows what rounds is. So he's looking behind. He's like, oh, another one. Get your dick out in the cab. Oh, poor kid. You know. <laughs> he turns around and he's like, listen, money before honey, okay? Yeah, yeah. He's Kev. <laughs> so the two of us, I was so uncomfortable because I was like, wait, what is going on exactly? You're not talking to me and I'm realizing more and more that I don't like you. I don't want you know, this to be happening in the cab. So yeah. we literally got into a shoving match. We were like, ah, I mean, it got ridiculous until oh I yelled at the cab driver, stop the cab. And the cab driver was like, oh, this again, you know. <laughs> I jumped out. And by that time, we were, we were very, we had traveled quite a distance because we were down by Waverly now. And we had started up on the Upper East Side. Um, so we were by the Waverly Theater the cinema and I jumped out and when my feet hit the ground, then I felt powerful and I wanted to humiliate him. So I yelled at him. I said, if you want to suck my cock, you can pay for it first. Yes. And I slammed the door (laughs) and everyone on sixth Avenue was like, what the fuck is with this guy? He must've been coming from the rounds. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you, you, like, I, I always want, like, when there's big public moments in New York City, if I'm involved in them or someone else is involved in them, it's like that makes an imprint on someone's memory. Like, someone's like, what's the craziest thing you've ever seen in New York? And it's like, this redheaded guy ran out of a <laughs> Do you think right, right, that right. there's a podcast right now and they're telling their Kevin yeah, Allison story? That's yeah. their New York story. <laughs> but you know what? The The crazy thing is... I was so desperate, I went back the next night. Now, this is the part of the story. Do you know Mike Birbiglia? His director, I sat down and told that story I just told you. It was the story that inspired me to start Risk. (laughs) Because I told that Hustler story at a storytelling show at UCB one night. And I was like, this is too risky. I, I told the story, the Margot Lightman, who was running the show, I was like, I can't do this. It's too risky. She was like, that's fucking great news. Because when someone tells me the, sh- the story's too risky, but then I convince them to do it anyway, that's the story that knocks it out of the park of at a course, storytelling yeah. show. So she convinced me and I did it. And that night I was like, whoa wait a minute. I just thought everyone was going to think all these things I'm terrified people are going to think. Kevin's too corny. He's too gay. He's too Midwestern. He's too kinky. And they didn't. They just heard all this stuff coming out of me and they were like, okay, he's really telling us all of this, you know? I love this. (laughs) And so that night at at walking away from UCB, I decided I'm going to create a show where people tell stories that they're uncomfortable sharing. Uh, and so that's what, where the idea was born from. But I told the story at, at about that time that I was workshopping it for risk mm-hmm. to Mike Birbiglia's director, Seth Barish. And Seth Barish said, this is cool. This is really good. This is really funny, but there's something you're not telling me. And I was like, hmm? he's Ooh. like, yeah, yeah. There's set. This was very funny, and it works as the beginning of maybe a two-part story because I feel like there's sadness or fright in oh, there's there. Always that you're not. Sadness. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I said, "Well, okay." The next night, I went back to rounds. Oh, and there was a man there who said he started off the same way, but very compassionately. He said. 
you look like you're brand new here. And I was like, yeah, I am. He said, I, I said, yeah, I, I understand you're not supposed to admit that. And yada, yada. He was like, no, that's what I like about you. He oh. said, you seem real. And the guy explained, like he really laid it out. He was like, look, I've got a wife and kids in Philadelphia, but I really want to have a relationship with a younger man and come up here to New York on the weekends and have this relationship. And I was like, I don't know about all that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I was like, uh, okay. Yeah. But he was like, listen, in order to like win your trust, why don't I tell you this? Let's not do anything tonight. Why don't you take a day or two to think about it? And then if you want, get in touch with me and come see me at my hotel room. I'm in town for a few more days. So I decided, yeah, yeah, I'll go and have sex with this guy at his hotel, the, like the next day or the day after that. And here's the thing, not at all attracted to him. He was, he, was, he was an older guy who made me feel sad because of his, you know, because he was married and had yeah. kids. And, you know what I mean? Like, like that whole story was making me sad. So we sat down. I, he had like a 12-pack of beers and we started drinking them. And me, the host of Risk, you know, which that was in the future, but just me being me. I was like, so tell me about yourself. It came out that he had been in Vietnam, right? Oh, and I God. was like, oh. this, is, this is the kind of hooker I would be. I'd be like, can you just a little, <laughs> yeah. let's exactly. interview you. Let's tell exactly. me how you feel. Exactly. <laughs> You're trying to kill time. I quizzed him about Vietnam, which was not, a, yeah, obviously. It That's hot. Happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so eventually, eventually, we get into his bed. I laid there like a cold fish. He did some things to me. It was, I dissociated. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, been there. And in the morning, there was, I think, either 250 or 275 on a little plate on the side, the table by the bedside. And he said he was in the cafe downstairs. And I went that is, downstairs. That's a lot of emotional labor, but okay, go ahead. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. what I feel like they're paying for, especially a closeted man. It's like he can finally be himself for like a period of time with a stranger. Yeah. And, but like having made it very clear, I want a relationship. You know what uh -huh. I mean? So, yeah. so there was also that hanging over me where I'm like, not only am I not into you and you make me feel kind of sad, but mm, I don't know about this turning into a re relationship. So anyway, I go down to the cafe and he said, you know what? You're a sweetheart, but I got to be honest, you really ruined things for me when you kept <laughs> asking about Vietnam. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you're a buzzkill. I'm a Vietnam vet, but you're a buzzkill. And yeah. I've been to Vietnam, and you're a buzzkill. I'm just trying to nut, and you're out here. Yeah. You're like, did everyone die? Yeah. So, so you know what happened? I usually end the funny story, the story about the idiot in the cab. Yeah. By saying, I got home and then discovered I had this phone message. But the truth is, I got home after the second guy, after the mm -hmm. second guy, I got home and there was the phone message that the state had been hired by MTV. So I was wow. like, oh, I have a way to make money now. <laughs> God, uh, that is behind me. Well, I, I had a, 
similar experience. It's not, I wasn't a hustling situation, but I met a much older man. I don't know where I met him. I think I met him in the park. Uh, <laughs> I Were was you not, shaking your branches? Andrea? I was shaking mm-hmm. my. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. always like shaking my branches mm-hmm. in a way. Oh yeah. Um, your metaphorical branches. <laughs> <laughs> I met him in the park, and I was in college, and he did a similar thing. So he had a foot fetish. He had a, he had yeah. a he had foot fetishes, and and he was deeply ashamed of it. And so when he opened it up to me, he did a similar thing. Like, I, I want to be in a relationship with you. You go to Parsons. You can stay at my apartment. He had a very nice apartment in the West Village. And, you know, he put, he put my whole foot in his mouth, um, mm. which was like, Big mouth. Feels, it feels quite good, but I wasn't prepared. Like, I had no idea. So it's like when you're, when you're calmly, you know, enjoying a hookup and then all of a sudden you see your own foot in someone else's mouth, you're just like, Whoa! It's intense. I, I love trying to get as much of a guy's foot down my throat as I can. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun. But the first time it happens, you're like, Oh yeah, yeah. Whoa. It's intense. Everything is warm in a way that I have never experienced. <laughs> um, but then, so I, I was enjoying it and I went with it, but the intenseness in which he was like, I want to be in a relationship with you and I want to keep you at my, like have you be at my place. It was like, he wanted to have me to be his kind of like, Sugar baby. Old foot slut. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, hey, you know, I like you, but like, I, I can't move in with you. You know, I just, I just think like, this is a little too much for me right now. Mm-hmm. And he immediately went like, well, you're a, you're a fucking whore. Like he, he oh. completely lashed it. Wait, wow. so you're, okay. I'm sorry, Andrea. I'm yes. just back up a little bit. So what happened was a guy was interested in you uh-huh. and then you kind of rejected him. And then he, he just started lashing out at you. I know. It's when so does weird, that right? ever I've happen. honestly so never weird. heard that before. And that seems like you're telling a not true story. <laughs> It really guys. But it's 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 like these when someone lets you in on those secrets, and even if you reject them in the tiniest way, or you're you're kind of like feel they feel the uncomfortableness. The the fallout is yeah, yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. When well, you hear, oh, I'm sorry. Some people are just not dealing with some stuff. They're just sure. shoving it down their throat. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Damn, Hamda, you win, you win. We do have a story about real foot eating on risk. Uh, oh God! Last week, yeah, actual I, foot eating. I listened nah. to this podcast. Wait, wait, wait. Well, hold you, on. I'm sorry. What do you? Okay, I'm not like very. Uh, I, I'm open to listening. You know, I could hear anything. Nothing's oh. gonna like upset me. But what do you mean, actual foot eating? Is there like like you're eating it? Like yeah, a fella lost his foot and a lot of his lower leg in a motorcycle accident and then decided to have a eucharistic meal out of he it with called friends. Me. He should have called, called, called you. He should have okay, called you. So you that know is, all the songs. Okay, so that's what I thought that that's what you meant and then you did. Okay. Yeah. We followed I, it on the podcast with Taste and See. Oh my God. Well, that... Uh, <laughs> Okay. I have okay, so this. you guys, these are the stories that you can find on Kevin Allison's podcast. <laughs> I told the story about the first time I smoked pot. It was a little less outrageous than this foot eating thing, but it had some pockets of moments. Um, Andrea's been on as well. And, oh my God, yeah. Uh, it's an incredible podcast. And how do they find you and all your work? Uh, risk is at risk-show.com and then all our socials are at risk show. And then my personal socials are at the Kevin Allison. Yeah. Get Kevin in your life. You're not going to regret it. Yeah. Yeah. 
The show is fantastic. And also follow Tracy Carnazzo. So guys, uh, just before we end up, uh, if you want to talk about this episode or any other episode or anything that was going on in this in this episode, which was absolutely insane, uh, please go to our Facebook group, our Only in New York uh, podcast. And it is, it's going to be a great discussion. Uh, this is where everyone congregates. And you can also follow me at Tracy Carnazzo uh, at Trixie Tuzini, T-R-I-X-I-E-T-U-Z-Z-I-N-I on Instagram and Twitter. And we have stickers for sale. They're holographic and they're amazing. It's our logo, guys. Uh, you can go to TracyCarnazzo.com for uh some sticker purchases. Uh, Hamda, what do you have going on? My name is spelled Chemda, C-H-E-M-D-A, but you can look for the podcast, Keith and the Girl. Uh, you know, we've said it before. We put out over 3,000 episodes, so hopefully you like one of them. You don't have to start at number one. Start wherever you want. Just look for Keith and the Girl anywhere podcasts are. That's amazing. And guys, if you could also listen to my other podcast, 90 Day Fiance Trash Talk and Teen Mom Trash Talk. Andrea, what do you have going on? So many things. You can follow me at Andrea Comedy 69 on Instagram. You can Venmo me at Andrea-Allen. That's A-L-L-A-N. You can listen to my podcast, The Hot Mess Comedy Hour. We actually just had Kevin on. It was an incredible episode. And uh, I listened to this uh, foot-eating podcast before we interviewed Kevin as a preparation. And I'm going to I've listened to a lot of podcasts. There's not been one that's made me not be able to eat for a few hours. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm, I'm actually going to listen to that and one. And plug good. that because, <laughs> wow. Kevin, thank you so much for being on the show. This was a delight. Oh, yes. thank you guys. Full sauce. <laughs>